I'm joined today by Catherine Chapman, who is a portrait and self-portrait photographer and speaker based near London. She is fascinated in the powerful potential to see ourselves better through creativity with a particular focus on our own image. She is a passionate felt sense advocate and her innovative processes, face-to-face -face freedom shoots and soul-centered branding are recognized by Rankin. In May 2022, she curated her first online exhibition, Lost for Words, which was created and ex executed entirely on the felt processes with a write-up in a professional photo magazine. And she is hoping to schedule a second open call in September. Catherine is also featured in the Uninvisibility Project and was also one of 100 UK photographers chosen for the 2020 Vision Project honouring NHS and health workers. She's had her written work published on Thrive Global and Reasons to be Cheerful. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me and um, giving us this opportunity to hear more about your innovative and unique artistic processes. Um, could you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background and what prompted you to start this journey? and anxiety for my entire life and and I was doing this this work and this creativity and I was really enjoying it and really very excited to be able to call myself a photographer because it was a lifelong dream of mine um, but there was it, there was something missing there was something I was searching for something and I didn't know what it was um, and that coupled with my depression I think I think they kind of went alongside by side actually um, this this slight unfulfillment or actually quite significant unfulfillment in my work and both in my mental health um, and actually it, it transpires and I've learned over the last few years that the, the more I know myself the more I grow the more I evolve emotionally mentally spiritually um, the more my work evolves and they go hand in hand so you know it's no surprise that those two things were were not fulfilling me um at the same time and i'd been in and out of talking therapy for about 25 years and i was absolutely sick and tired of talking i wasn't getting anywhere i thought it was my fault um i i didn't know what i was doing wrong and i was really disillusioned and on the verge of giving up hope that I would ever feel any different and I was coming to the end of a bout of therapy and I'd had this idea to do a self-portrait shoot and it was kind of like a bit of a challenge for me um I'd it was the ultimate test I'd look myself in the eye sit sit with my most difficult emotions and photograph what was there and you know as an artist I'm sure you um know what this is like when you get a vision in your head of something you want to you want to create if it's very strong it won't go away until you've created it 
And so I had this picture in my head that I wanted to create and I, and I did. And, um, it, you know, it was a challenging shoot. It, it was, um, uncomfortable. It was emotional. Um, it was hugely cathartic. And what I saw in the images really, really surprised me. I saw a woman who was in agony and in a lot of pain and the only person that could help her was me and it was utterly transformative it was like the catalyst that i'd been so desperate for and my whole life changed from that point and i'd gone from severe depression um suicide i had a suicide attempt in my early 20s i was still suicidal you know but not acting on it um and I'd, I went from that place to a place of, oh my goodness, I have compassion for myself. I might actually like myself a little bit. And then that led to self-love and um, self-care that I'd never had before. Six months after my shoot, I was in this amazing place. Um, and I did, um, so that I called that face-to-face because -face I was facing myself fully. Um, it was very revealing and very moving and, and beautiful and eye-opening and it allowed me to accept myself fully all parts of me every part of me had a voice in that in those images and then i did this shoot that i called my freedom shoot which was me in a really really good place and me wanting to throw my arms around and create some big fabulous images um that was me celebrating who i was which i'd never done before i'd never had it never even crossed my mind that it might be something that people do um and then I thought, well, this is nice. Um, I'm feeling really good and consistently good. Maybe it's something that other women might benefit from. So I started to offer it out to people. And it was like people had been waiting to be asked for what they didn't know they needed to be asked for. <laughs> and um, and I got an amazing response. I, um, I piloted face to face. It went better than I could have expected. And then I brought the freedom shoots in. Um, and it's now it's what I do. Um, and it's extraordinary, it's grown since then. And it's all about seeing yourself better. That's my kind of strap line. It's about noticing who you are, noticing the amazing things you are. So it's none of it is negative. It's not looking at yourself, looking really, you know, miserable and really hurt. You know, that might happen, but that's not what you see. What you see is strength and resilience and vulnerability and courage and and when you can see that in yourself you suddenly see yourself so differently and so much better and you're, you don't self-berate yourself so much you have compassion um like you would do a child or one of your friends um and yeah it's just kind of snowballed from there and it's a, it's really it's an honor to be able to hold other women in that space and to reflect back to them all the incredible things they are beautiful amazing things um and you know from then the potential is infinite isn't it then it's like if you see yourself as somebody powerful and beautiful and courageous and strong then that then breeds more courage and more strength and it's like you, you know you do a you do something that's that makes you nervous or terrifies you or scares you a little bit then you do that and it goes well or you know nothing bad happens um 
then that just gives you more courage. And even if something bad does happen, you know, it's like, well, actually, is it a failure? No, it's not. It's just learning and, and it's it's flipping. It's just flipping the narrative, really, and, and showing showing stuff in a, in a really positive way that's useful and, and is, is building rather than negative and taking away. incredibly powerful the testimony that you've given you know you've talked about all the different life experiences that you very courageously went through which I think any ordinary person going through that would be really struggling with that but your words your meaning your your um story your testimony is incredibly inspiring Catherine you know you talk about when you were doing these photo shoots from seeing a woman in agony to then sort of seeing that phase of celebration to empowering other women you know it's it's a real transformation in the sense um of what you went through and what you recognized and the insights that you were able to have where you sort of said well hold on a second i need to be able to save myself and Initially, you know, firstly, we're incredibly, incredibly grateful for your honesty um, and for your openness in telling us your vulnerabilities that you went through, because a lot of people would be able to identify with, with the themes that you've raised, but they just might be a little bit scared to acknowledge it. And by sharing your experiences, you are indirectly already empowering them. Um, what was that transformation process like, Catherine, from that woman that you said that was in agony, you know, that perhaps you felt needed saving by herself to that woman, that strong woman who could celebrate her successes and equally inspire others to be as empowered as her? So that's such an interesting question. Um, <clears throat> I think there's some neuroscience involved um, in terms of how we perceive images and but particularly images that we recognize. Um, so there's some neuroscience that experimentation that was done um, that images were, were flashed in front of people, but images of, of, of faces that they recognized. Um, and even if that image was up for a, you know, very small fraction of a second, there was still a response in the brain. There was a, a neuro flicker. Um, and so, so the brain was registering it at some point, at some level. Um, and so for me, what that says is, is that you can look at an image once and not look at it again. And it will have profound effect. I mean, I know that from, you know, looking at things on 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 the TV or you know in the press or or whatever. You see something that's that's very moving for you. It doesn't go away. And when it's images of ourselves, so I looked at my images a couple of days after the shoot, and then I didn't look at them again for five months um, because I couldn't. Um, but in that time. I was processing what I had seen and the neuroscience backs that up. There was something going on in my subconscious that meant that I was processing what I'd seen, but I knew on a more conscious level 
that I what I had seen in those images compelled me to start a self-care routine that I ne I'd never had before. And it was very, very small stuff. It wasn't suddenly I'm going to meditate for half an hour every morning, get up half an hour earlier. It was practicing being present for literally two seconds and, and stepping into that, just dipping my toe in and going, oh, does that feel any good? Um, and then building on that. Um, and, you know, that's the going back to the courage, the courage breeds courage. That was that for me, that was very courageous, just experimenting with two seconds worth of being present. Um, and that built over those five months. And then when I did, when I was able to look at the images again, I then suddenly realized all the work I'd been doing on myself. Um, and a, a lot of it, actually the most significant part of it was subconscious. And that's one of the things that I build into the, to my work is that there's, we have, you know, we do the shoot and, it, and I do this with all my shoots. We have a gallery viewing soon after the shoot. We talk about what we're seeing and who, and who is there. Um, and then there's a break for three or four months and we have another gallery viewing and we look at it again and we can compare differences in how we felt, or my clients feel at, from one to the other. And, and that then demonstrates the work they've done on themselves that they don't even realize and, and acknowledge because they've never been shown that before. And that then shows how much work they do on themselves all the time without even realizing. And, you know, we're very quick to berate ourselves and say that we're not getting anywhere and um you know our growth is very slow but actually if we take the time to look back and appreciate our journey then actually we can see quite a lot of change and so that's one of the things that i try and demonstrate in in the work i do so that realization of oh my god yes i actually things are a lot better was a real surprise to me so it wasn't something that I consciously did through looking at my images. I could not not do it. So so I was compelled to look after myself, um, but I didn't force anything. Um, it was very kind of organic. And then I, and I suppose that's <laughs> that's grown since then. Everything I do now, I'm, I try to be more and more intuitive and organic by, about everything that I do. So it's not conscious, it's all felt. Touched upon some really interesting concepts there, Catherine. You know, courage beats courage. You've talked about this organic process, this natural process, you know, I suppose in the way of depicting that authenticity or that rawness of the human spirit where the layers of society, the layers of perception, kind of peeled out and we've got this raw authentic self that is waiting to be discovered waiting to be explored waiting to be empowered and then like you said waiting for that courage to go on to breed further courage and further success now it's very interesting what you said in the beginning um because i do feel you know when we uh sense a picture through our eyes when we're seeing an image or a picture Yes, we might have an emotional response to it, but on a daily basis, we are seeing so many images, you know, whether that's the daily commute, whether that's the first thing on our phones, if we're reading the newspaper on our phones, if you're watching the television, if we're just observing, and sometimes we're not even 
seeing what we're looking at because we're bombarded with so much information, mm. sensory overload, not just from the pictorial sense, but also from the, you know, from the audiovisual sense. And so the concept of what you're doing is where you're just saying, actually, stop, look at the authentic self, peel away everything, let it be an organic, natural process, let it be raw. That is something that I feel, and I'm sure a lot of people feel, is very much needed in today's world. And it's an incredible, incredible, it almost movement, I would say, that you're sort of, uh, you know, creating in, 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 in society to actually get people to reconnect with themselves organically. Um, I see in your background, you have some wonderful images, and I'm sure each of them has a story behind it. Um, would you care to sort of tell us a little bit about um, about some of the work that you, you have on display there? This image here, uh, this is a guy called Josh. He used to be well, he, he is a world champion junior acrobatic sports gymnast and I met his sister and was talking to her about my work and I said I was interested in in photographing dancers, people that use movement in, in their work or life. And we I met up with Josh and we did this amazing shoot together. We went into a local town and he was climbing up walls and hanging off stuff and it was amazing and we also did the shoot um in the studio so we went into his parents garage and he covered it with plastic because he knew i was coming armed with two bags of flour and it was really experimentation just to see what would happen um i had some ideas of what i quite like to create um but what was really interesting was that the flour just didn't move like i thought it was going to and it wasn't actually flour is really quite heavy especially if it's not sieved so it when it's clumped together it doesn't kind of float like i was expecting um so it was interesting and frustrating and it got us to be curious and it ensured that we were just trying loads and loads of different stuff and always the opposite of what we thought was going to work. And in fact, we got to a point where we said, this is what we think we should do. So what's the opposite of that? And that's what we did. And this shot here was just a one take shot. And he lent his head forward. I chucked a load of flour on it and I just said, flick your head back. And I caught it exactly the right moment. And this mad kind of futuristic helmet was created out of flour. And I, I'm quite surprised that actually something that's so almost intangible and just so fine and almost cloud-like could create this really quite solid looking structure. Um, so that that's the story behind that. And actually I think what that taught me was really to go with go with my creativity and and to explore and create and just play and if stuff's not working then you co-create to find out what does um so it was a really it was a really beautiful day of discovery and learning and teamwork in the studio and in general in creativity and it was just it was absolutely wonderful it was one of 
one of my favorite creative days i think so yeah <laughs> i think i mean as you said each one does have a whole massive backstory <laughs> i'm sure we haven't got time to talk about them all but they're all really fascinating actually um, a, lo a lot of movement in there and actually um that's a lot of that's a big part of what i do um in my shoots now a lot of movement a lot of connection breath work and coming out of your head and dropping down into your body and noticing what's there and working with that. Absolutely wonderful, um, a wonderful story. And um, it's really fascinating what you said about that process of experimentation. Um, you know, you talked about you expected things to be in a certain way, but they came out in another particular way. And I think this is sort of the human journey in a sense that we're both observers at a stage but we're also experimenting and coming from a scientific background i think experimentation gives you a freedom it gives mm -hmm. you a freedom to explore to learn to kind of build on on that step of knowledge on a higher on a higher plane and it's it's incredible because through that process of experimentation it allows you that freedom to explore but equally um, it provided those insights because, you know, when we're really observing, as you said earlier, that sometimes you just make a conscious effort to sort of really see or be in the moment, whether it's two seconds, because that step by step by step, that's how it builds up. So mm -hmm. to really see is incredibly powerful. And I think what you're doing, Catherine, is, you know, we can use words like empowering we can use words like freedom we can use words like um innate curiosity but i think what you're really doing is you're bringing us as humans to a real authentic sense of who we are and you're getting us to become leaders of our own selves of our own vision or of our own in, uh, insights and perspectives which is not only just empowering, but in a way it's, it's, it's changing the world a step at a time, you know, it's changing the vision of the people that you're working with, the outlook that they have, it's allowing them to have confidence in themselves. And once people develop self-confidence, of course their own world changes, and then they have the confidence to go out in the world to change that. Now, I want to talk about the challenges that you experienced, Catherine. Um, you know, you talked about suicide and I am incredibly, incredibly grateful to you that you have talked about this because there are a lot of people who will not perhaps feel at particular stages of the journey to be able to voice it, but they might have had similar experiences and by hearing you talk about it and by you sharing your journey, perhaps that's also a light for them in a tunnel that they've gone through. So when did this experience happen and what was the process that you undertook to sort of rise and sort of build yourself through that and sort of say, actually, I can reflect on this experience. This is what I can take away from it. This is how it's transformed me. And this is what I will do in the future. 
I think that's really quite a difficult question to answer. Um, but I'll do, I'll do my best. I mean, certainly when I was in the, you know, actively wanting to be suicidal and, and attempting suicide, um, I don't really know how I got through that. And I think when you're in that place, you just wake up in the morning and you kind of click into autopilot and you do what you can and you kind of exist because that's kind of your your human default isn't it that that that's the pull to 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 continue to live to survive um and and you know it wasn't until over 20 years later it was 25 years later that i actually found what was work what what actually worked for me and that was purely by accident and that, that was following my creative curiosity that was going do you know what i'm going to do something completely different um and and so it, it I, I learned the hard way and i spent 25 years hitting my head against a brick wall with nothing changing and then i did something completely different and then everything changed so i think i think for me um retrospectively i realized that i never gave up hope of finding something that would work and i think you know what's important is if you're doing something working try something new try something do the opposite of what you think you should do or do the opposite of what everyone's telling you to do you know what are you feeling that's right for you where are you drawn where are you pulled even if it just sounds like the craziest idea you know, are you pulled to go and do skinny dipping in a in the atlantic ocean you know or or are you called to go and stand on the top of a mountain and sing or are you called to move your body or create a piece of art with pencils and pens and or sculpture you know it's like the, what the important thing is to listen to what your body's telling you and i think i didn't know that that was an option i didn't know that i could trust myself and i didn't know that i had a i that i didn't know that i knew myself better than everybody else did um and actually verbalizing that to you now i think that's the very first time that i've actually said those words and that makes me feel really really emotional you know we can trust who we are our our answers aren't in the world around us they're within us um and what i did for myself was just to hold up a mirror and so i could go there i am <laughs> um and and i'm enough and i'm flawed and i have very dark places but all of those places are valid and what i saw was each part of me with a voice and and an acceptance and you know we know ourselves we know what's right for us and what's not and i think for me it's about listening to what is strongest in us removing the shoulds removing what you were saying about what the, the things that society puts upon us now who am i really what do i really feel you know be really really honest with yourself all the mess be really honest because it's there for a reason and it needs to come out it needs to tell you something it won't go away until we hear it um you know the the, the best way to reduce anything that's difficult 
is to bear witness to it. It's like when you, you know, when a, 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 a trauma, uh, not a trauma, but a, but a, a difficult thing shared is 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 half. Then you know that that saying, which I've very poorly <laughs> recounted. But it, it's a bit like that. If you're bearing, you know, if someone else bears witness to you, it really helps. If you bear witness to yourself, that's where the transformation comes. And that's what I do in my process. So I bear witness to my clients by holding them in that space and photographing them. And then I just turn it back and show them who they are. And then they can bear witness to themselves. And then after that is this beautiful bearing witness to the world. So it's a bit like, you know, um, I've shown them their mirror, they've seen themselves, and then they might go, actually, I want the world to see me now, um, which is very much like my journey. Um, and I'm still in that process. So for me, it was showing friends and family some of my pictures. Um, and, and when that was received with compassion, I then was braver, you know, courage breeds courage again. I was braver then to show the world who I am. And I still have that need to be to be seen and heard. And and that's okay. You know, um, some people like it, some people don't. And and that doesn't bother me. What what bothers me is is having the courage to do it because there's a release in that. There's a release in going, here I am in my beautiful mess, and I'm proud of all parts of me. So it's the process that's important. Um and it's uh it's a gradual process and something that happens over time. Thank you so much, Catherine, you know, for showing us an insight into yourself. Um, and it's very poignant what you said that sometimes in your work, you are showing other human beings the mirror for them to be able to truly see themselves for who they are. And I've noticed you've created formal systems for that through the felt studio, through the freedom photography and the face-to-face -face shoot. So please tell us a little bit about those systems that you've made, which structure that, um, you know, in the sense of self-empowerment, in the sense of seeing the authentic self. Um, so I, I work with something that um, I call boundaried freedom. So that's about creating a mutually uh, safe, a mutual safe space that, that we, that me and my client buys into when we, we talk about what we both need um, to feel safe and to be able to work together well. Um, and, and so that's the boundary. And then within those boundaries is the freedom to do whatever. Um, and for it to be whatever we want it to be. And, you know, the, the, the more I do this work, the more I lean into my intuition, you know, have that structure, that kind of that loose but important and very, very safe non-judgmental structure when within that you can't get anything wrong and we just play and experiment and we express feelings and emotions and we work with what is. And that's really important to allow the unfolding, the creative unfolding and and to be in a place where we're fully connected with ourselves and each other and our surroundings. And we can just be however that manifests itself because we can't get our feelings wrong. So it, it's a it's a real process of you know bearing witness again but also also just allowing ourselves to be i mean when do we get 
in normal society and in our daily lives and all the pressures that are put on us, when do we allow ourselves time to just take off all our hats and go, actually, who on earth am I under all that? And that's what I try to do. And actually, it, it can be quite a unique and unusual experience for people. So I, I photographed an amazing lady this morning and she said that she's never had a space when the focus has been on her quite so much that it was all about how she was feeling and what she needed and how how we could create the space that she felt comfortable enough to let go and just be who she is and I could see the struggle I could see the and feel it that that this was really difficult for her to fall into because she's not done it before um and for me that's very telling for, for us as a society as a whole actually particularly um well everyone I mean it's not just women it's men as well uh, it, for, but for different reasons you know we have all these things thrown on us that, that that we allow to stick and and we don't need to you know we we can choose to de-stick ourselves or not allow them to stick um and we have that choice and I think I think a lot of us don't even know that there is that choice there which is you know a terrible indictment on society I think because we're not robots we have feelings we feel that that's what we do <laughs> and that needs to be honored it's really interesting that you made that comparison between sort of that piece of machines and ourselves because I personally often find that we are expected we're expected to match the pace of machines um, mm. we're expected to have a similar sort of output and there's actually, you know, we hear of studies being done of the younger generations being desensitized, of even ourselves being desensitized. There a growing lack of empathy, uh, the growing lack of sort of community values and human connection. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's a symptom. That's a symptom of the way of the structure in which society is kind of evolving I suppose, without thorough thought, without that reflectiveness and without that introspection, which, again, you know, makes what you're doing incredibly valuable and the need of the hour. Um, so you're welcome. So moving on to the open call and the recent exhibition that you've done, um, can you tell us a little bit about the thinking process behind that because in terms of art it was a very unique perspective I mean it's one of the first times that I've come across a jury um, and you know a judging panel of curators who are connecting to the possible selected pieces of artwork based on intuition based on their emotions, based on how they're reacting to it, which is incredibly interesting. It's fascinating um, because we do, you know, we do this generally to whatever, you know, we have to make a judgment on, whether it's something that we're reading, whether it's job applications, whether we're selecting people. So it's really interesting to kind of acknowledge that and sort of have that in a structured way 
and to allow people that space and that freedom to vocalize it. So I'd be grateful if you can sort of talk us through that. Well, um, it was born out of frustration, actually, and my own aversion to open calls and competitions and just finding the whole process excruciating and working out what it was that I was resisting about it, what what it was that I found so difficult um, and and why and, and and all that kind of thing. And it was I, I, my frustration in in the process of how art is chosen and any open call, you know, you have your panel of judges who are judging you and my inner judge is very fragile. And for her to go in front of a load of judges to be judged, you know, it's just like, it's just like the worst thing ever. So it's like self beration on acid. That's kind of how it felt. And um, so that was one part of it. The other part was the scoring and the critique and deciding whether an image is good based on technicalities that was just made up by a bunch of people who may or may not have sat around a table and it's like well what why does that make a piece of art good or not you know um so th there was that as well and and you know finding out your score for your picture or your piece of art and the shame or or the elation and everything in between and and where you then rank yourself in you know it's all about comparison then and that's so destructive and for me, it just takes away why we create in the first place. You know, you can't get art wrong. Like you can't get your feelings wrong. You know, we create from emotion to evoke emotion in others or or to remind us of our the emotions of ourselves. We create to make sense of the world and our place in it. Um, we, we create as a release. And and for that to be judged just feels just so wrong so wrong so i thought well i'm going to create something which is entirely on the what i call the felt process it's all so there's no judgment no critique no scoring no nothing no one is allowed to say whether they like a piece of art or not what they have to do is notice which they're responding to so my panel i take through so each of my panelists and i don't call them judges each of my panelists i take through the same process so they look at all the entries and they notice which ones they're responding strongly to. Um, and they don't need to know why, um, but they but but they need to let go of whether they like or dislike it. And actually, it was absolutely fascinating um, because what that did for the panelists was it meant that they didn't have to know anything about anything. They didn't have to know anything about even how a camera works or whether what makes a good image, you know, all of that was removed and that meant that they could then just they knew they couldn't get it wrong and they were just noticing what they were noticing and as a result they picked an entirely different gallery than than what they would have done if i had asked them to tell me what they liked and why um or what they disliked and why um so it was incredibly freeing um and again i think i think actually it's the boundary freedom isn't it it's another expression of that and um, so for the artists to then submit 
with that intention behind it, they knew that their art wouldn't be invalidated. If it wasn't chosen, it doesn't matter because it was just that panel on that particular day had that response to it. And if they'd had it been the same panel or a different panel or a different day with different things going on for them, they would have picked an entirely different gallery. Um, and so, you know, the, to a certain extent, I feel like the whole, the whole thing is in terms of judging panels are a bit meaningless and way too trying to be objective when actually it's impossible to be objective it's all subjective and let's not pretend that it's not um and you can know everything about photography and nothing and still your opinion and your feelings and your response and your emotions are valid the, the invitation is to notice what is going on noticing your response noticing what you're noticing um and and then thinking about well what does that tell me about what i need you know uh, uh, somebody showed me a piece of art that they had created yesterday and she asked me what my response was and i heard myself talking about how i was feeling it was just a direct reflection of what was going on inside me at that moment on that day um and you know when we can notice how we're responding to something that tells us a lot about where we're at and what we need and then we can make a much more a much deeper and more meaningful um decision about what might change as a result so it's it's a somatic information download i think and and it's self-honesty you don't need to tell anyone how you're responding or what you're feeling it's like oh I'm really noticing that response. What's that about? What do I need? And what might change as a result? And it can be anything. It's music, movement, nature, light, sound, you know, anything. Fabric, touch, tech, you know, it, it's, it's everywhere. Everywhere is an invitation to notice a strong response and to go, wow, what's going on for me here? Whether it's joy. So I, I was walking in the woods and I noticed the birds singing and it was absolutely amazing. And I thought, wow, I've noticed the birds singing. They weren't, it wasn't like the birds are singing. That's really annoying. It was the birds are singing and it's absolutely beautiful. And that was like, I was in such a great place that day. Um, and that was really lovely to notice that. So it works for all emotions and it's very informative. And it was a joy to notice that I was feeling joyful incredibly impactful um you know what you've said Catherine and uh it's so important to recognize that subjectiveness in art because you know if you look at certain artists um even if you look at the work of Tracy Emin for example you know a lot of it is kind of the concept behind that art the story behind that artwork and you're absolutely right that these emotions need to be validated. You know, we often um, hear these connotations, oh, she's too emotional as something negative to today's society, whereas mm. emotions is emotions are something that every single human being, uh, they're born with it. You know, everybody feels, everybody feels um, something. Um, and it's rather than suppress it and repress it, it's better to you know, be curious, to observe it, to look at the authenticity. I've had an incredibly 
um, fascinating um, discussion with you, Catherine. Thank you so much. I've learned immensely. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, what would be your um, what would be your outlook for the future um, for this? You know, in terms of things moving forward um, overall. I, I think for for me, my intention moving forward is to let go more, remove more shoulds that I put upon myself and to notice more of what I'm noticing, to lean into my tuition more, intuition more and more and more um, and to act on that. Because often, I don't know if you're the same, often I will sense something from somebody and I internalise that rather than verbalising it and saying, well, you know, what's going on here? Are you all right? Or is something wrong? Or maybe I need to leave actually, and this isn't a good situation for me. So it's leaning into more of that and, and, and having, having the courage to lean into that and knowing actually that, that whatever we feel is okay and we can't get it wrong. Um, and, and to, to, you know, I'm really passionate about the felt sense. It's so important. And I really want to, you know, with felt photographic, I want it to be a space for artists to come and to, you know, with the panel discussion that I do to hear the feedback and to take that on and, and to know that people are responding emotionally to their work. It's really important as artists to hear that and feel that. Um, so I want, I want to create those spaces for feelings.